Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. This is the ContenderCast. This is part two of my conversation with Deborah Lippman and her husband, Jude Severin. And uh, we are in New York, and I'm super excited because... Uh, we're going to transition and still talk about the beauty business, but we're also going to talk about the entertainment business. So um, that's our roadmap for today. And Jude has joined me now. Jude is Deb's husband, and uh, you guys work together. And I'm just really glad you're on the podcast today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And it's been great meeting you and getting to know you. Yeah. So all right. So we had talked on the last podcast, and if you, if any of you have joined during this podcast, I'd say put the podcast on pause and go back and listen to part one um, and then come back to this one. But in the last podcast, Deb and I had talked about you know her music industry passions and pursuits and then getting into the beauty industry and building a company off of that and then working with you to build that company. And so let's talk about like how did you guys decide we're going to do this together? And then kind of how did that launch and what, how did you get it off the ground? Well, we didn't decide. <laughs> she, she decided. <laughs> okay. Well, once you guys decided. <laughs> so she basically said she wanted to do it. And um, I was very reluctant to say the least. I, I literally said over my dead body. <gasps> and Yeah. And I'm so alive. What was holding you back though? Just the fear. Like I think, you know, it's, it's such a huge leap to start a business. Sure. You know, you have those doubts about who am I to be running a business? All of those things go running through your sure. head. Yep. And we didn't have any business experience never, and no plans. We're both creative people and right. no plans of running businesses, you know, plans yep. of being artists. So um, those are kind of the things that were running through our heads so at the time. So when we started it, um, there was just this fear about um, not really understanding business. So um, she dragged me into it just by doing it. And I realized we were either going to go bankrupt or I had to get involved. <laughs> Nice. So, all right, you decide I'm going to help out. I'm going to get involved with this. We're going to either going to grow it or it's not going to happen. So it's happened and it's obviously grown and done very well. So what were some of the things you had to do to really get the, get things organized and structured and rolling? Well, I kind of looked around at, um, you know, Deborah, her brother, Mark, who had been involved and got involved really on the tech side. And I just became the default person to run finances. Sure. It wasn't my strong suit, but of the three of us, it was my strongest. You I was the strongest person to do Got it. it. Yeah. Um, so I went back to school, took some business classes and some accounting classes just to get a firm understanding of what a P&L was and sure. just some basic things. Yep. Um, so that sort of became my role. And luckily, all three of us sort of um, compartmentalized the business. And um, Deborah took over sales and marketing from the beginning, and she just had a natural instinct for that. And I just let her run with that because that was her strength. And, you know, the business part, I just kind of figured out common sense stuff. Sure. You know, don't spend more money than you have kind of <laughs> right. stuff. I mean, really, basic Things stuff. You know, everyone should know, but somehow the people look past, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so what about from the product development side? What's been your role in that in, in terms of how that's evolved over time and looking at different channels in terms of how to go to market and whatnot? Have you been involved with that piece and how has that played out for you? Yeah, um, I've worn basically every hat in the company. Um, and, and that's part of know, building a company, right? Exactly. Wearing like lots and, of hats. And it's a, yeah. it's a good part. You know, the, the thing about a company is there are things that you're not going to want to do. You just kind of have to do. Sure. You know, um, looking at health insurance and things like that. Things, those kind that's of right. nonsense that, wow. you know, you, you never want to deal with, but there you are. 
Um, but yeah, I've had to learn a lot about nails. I know more than a straight man really should. Um, and <laughs> nice. you just go along it and you just kind of pick it up and learn the category. And I kind of feel like I grew up in the category. It's been, God, 19 years of this business now. Sure. And you just kind of figure some stuff out. I, I always say, you know, if you can't figure something out in 19 years, then you're a real idiot. 19 years. Okay. So highs and lows i'm sure during that time sometimes you probably thought oh my gosh why are we still in the business other times like oh my gosh we're gonna we've got the next hot brand right so what have been some of the trigger points behind each of those like what's you know as you look back during some of those the peaks and valleys what have been some of the uh drivers behind each well so some you know picking up nordstrom which was our first national retailer was like an amazing amazing thing first of all just you know, there's that thing of just seeing your product on the shelves of shelf, like right. some so cool place that you could, you know, you couldn't even afford to shop in when, right. you, when you were growing up, you know, is, is right. pretty amazing. And even Bergdorf and um, Neiman's and seeing that. Um, and, you know, Deborah and I literally went city by city flying around almost every other weekend in a different city doing wow. events in stores. I wow. mean, that's, you know, that's the story of entrepreneurship. You just, first of all, you're running on adrenaline right. the first few years, the first four or five years. You're just, you know, plowing through. And, you know, we'd get on a plane on a Friday night, be in a city on a Saturday, do an event in a store, get back on a plane on Saturday night and, and be and back, back, back in New <laughs> right. York. You know, right. that's the glam of it, you know? Right. It's like people were like, you know, how was Cleveland? You're like, well, I didn't really see Cleveland. I saw yeah. the mall, right. <laughs> you know? And I saw and the, the same airport. products, right, in the <laughs> you know? airport. But, you know, the, the great thing was we were doing it together and it was a lot of fun totally. because of that. So that was, that was a lot of fun of it. So I um, think that's a great segue point. So, um, my wife and I, as I shared with you before the podcast, are working together on a number of collaborative efforts. We'll run around a small business and then we speak at events together and whatnot. And we figured out kind of our handoffs and things we do well and that or that each of us do well, right? So what have you guys figured out are the things that you do well versus what Deborah does well and, and how you guys operate together over the last now twenty years? Yeah. And what makes it work? You well, know? it took a while to like trust the other person's strong points and know that they're weak points, you know, and, um, to know who you're talking to and when you're right. talking to them. Am I talking to my wife or am I talking to my right. business or partner? Business person. You know, right. so there's that too, right? Having to look in that person's eye and go, okay, right. I see. I'm talking to my wife right now. Yes. <laughs> you know, I thought I was talking to my business partner. Right. Um, and, but just really trusting their sort of strengths. Um, Deborah has a knack and an instinct for making color that took me a while to like really believe, you know, that sure. it's not just luck. It's right. like after someone does it, you know, six or seven years in a row, you start going, okay, you can do this. Right. You know, <laughs> of course. Okay. Um, and I think just her, you know, looking at me and going, okay, you have sound business decisions that you're making. Sure. You know, when you say, you know, we should go this direction, not that, it's based on something, some instinct that you have. Um, and it. trusting that. That's great. And then what do you see are some of the key elements for growth as you look forward now with the company? And what are the, some of the levers that you need to be looking into to take this business to the next level? For us, we're in a unique position because of the work that Deborah does with on magazines, with celebrities. and um, We kind of see ourselves as the nail authority. Um, no one else really has that position. There sure. are a lot of companies that, that sprouted yeah. out, people who like nail polish, um, or, you know, companies who came out of an idea that, oh, this is a great way to make money. So we're competing with a lot of companies that have a lot of dollars. Sure. But I think in this day and age, the beauty of what the internet has done for entrepreneurs is if you have an authentic story, you can actually communicate that now. Yes, and people no get doubt. a sense of, of that 
that you're really speaking truth to them. No doubt. And that's how you see a number of niche consumer products companies now making their mark or exactly. making a little entry point. It's been fascinating. It's the industry that I play in and the some of the smaller brands that have come up have made it through you know, the authenticity piece or the, you know, global humanity piece of what their brand brings. Right. So, all right, Jude. So that's great on the company side. And I'm really excited for you guys. And I want to also explore your background and your creative side. So you're also a film producer. Yeah, I've right? become one in my spare time. I mean, yeah. in your spare time. So <laughs> yeah, you got to share. Yeah, I'm sitting here with us. So Jude, share some of your background and how you got into that space and then we'll talk about what's coming up with the mu- the movie just completely yeah um i i was an actor when deborah got deborah and i got married an unemployed one like most in new york <laughs> and i was actually bartending when we met um i picked her up in a bar i, w- I was her bartender jazz club, yeah right? one of the jazz clubs. birdland yes, in new york we talked about that earlier. yeah that's right so our music always ties into our life somehow but um so i was doing that and you know as we got into this business i realized that i do have a strong business sense so um, after years of struggling as an actor and really not having the time to focus on it because the early years in the business just was overwhelming the amount of time it took um, before what, we started what really do you mean employees. By that? Like, well, I mean, you're just living, time? like the business is, was in our living room, literally. And I mean, it. we were literally stepping over boxes to get from one room to the next. Right. You know, like it, it dominated our house. Like right. There's the products sitting everywhere. The yeah. 800 number rang in our apartment and it would ring at three or four in the morning. <laughs> And, you know, you have to wake up and answer. Yeah, exactly. This is, you know, before dot com. People just like, just call 800 numbers. Right. I remember. Um, So it was just all encompassing. So there were years when I couldn't even really think about acting and Deborah couldn't even think about singing. Um, But as the business, as we picked up employees and things like that, and we learned how to manage our time better, um, you know, I went back to my passion, which was acting. And Deborah's done a lot more singing in the last few years. Sure. But, um... So I started writing just because you had lots I, of ideas. Yeah, I had yeah. ideas and I kind of realized I loved it. And it was something I could do on my own that took my mind away from the business when I needed that at times because you know you can just kind of like live and breathe this and you're doing it 24/7. Um so um I knew some people in the industry and my business skills came in handy. I realized that you know Producing a film is a lot like running a business. You know, you're hiring people, totally. you're negotiating um, payment on things, salaries. It's like um, either a mini business or like a major project. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's yeah. what we talked Ex- about. Exactly. It's, it is yeah. kind of like a temporary business. Sure. Um, so I, 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 had, I had a pretty good feeling that I could bring people together. And I started doing that. I put, put together a pretty good team and, you know, we put together a movie and it's been exciting. I mean, it took like three and a half years to make, you know, Deb calls it um, Boyhood 2. <laughs> you know, that movie's like 15 right. years. This only took three and a half. Okay. So talk about the movie and the storyline and what it's about and then where you're going with it. Yeah. Um, it's about a cop who um, gets shot. And while he's recovering from getting shot, he meets this young woman who um, tried to kill herself. So it's a comedy, you know. It's not laughing. It's a drama. <laughs> right. Um, and it, I've just always been fascinated by people who are, you know, struggling with things and in their process of their struggle, they're trying to help someone else. And, Got it. And that sort of reverber- reverberates back to them and they end up helping themselves. So it's about a cop basically who tries to help this young girl and ends so, up helping himself. I, I do know some of our podcast listeners are in the industry. Um, in fact, there's at least a couple I know are in, are in production. So you talk about how long this took to put together. Like, what, why, why did it take so long? 
And would it take as long if you started it again today? Um, the time would probably be shortened. It took me about um, two years to write the script. We wrote it okay. mostly on, okay, so on weekends. Yep. So that, that was about two years to write the script. Um, weekends and, you know, trying to figure that out. And not every weekend was available to me, first of all. Right. But um, I was pretty good. I mean, there were times, my poor wife, there were times I'd be like, I can't do anything, but I'm writing this weekend. So, and then it became a matter of like, and also I'm, I was writing with the idea of how can I shoot this my, with myself, which also put some limitations on budget and things sure. like that, because I, I, I just had to keep that in mind. Um, and then just bringing people together and really the team that I put together were really good. Some of them were successful people who had acting careers. So, sure. you know, it was when I could get them available. Working around their schedule. You know, working around their schedule. Sure. Someone would leave for like three months to go do a movie somewhere and Got I had it. to wait for them to come back. Right. So Got there was it. that. So that's one of the things when you get quality people who um, are working, doing it as a favor, let's say. Sure. Um, you know, you kind of have to work around their schedule. So a lot of it was that. Got it. And so now you have near finished product working on some music and things right so what's next and you you just submitted for a big award and program right yes exactly so talk about that that, that, that's an exciting thing you know you we submitted a rough cut um very exciting you know the 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 odds are long it's like six thousand films i think are submitted unbelievable but um i'm happy with i'm really really happy with where the movie is and um you know, I'm learning all kinds of things I never thought about music. Sure. Um, and <laughs> for film, which I've never really... It's totally you know, different, yeah. And sound for movies can so easily be overlooked because it, in a way it's supposed to sort of be invisible. Right. Um, you're supposed to feel it, not hear it kind of thing. No doubt. Um, as you know a yeah. lot about. Um, so that's an interesting thing. So I'm like watching movies now and like so paying attention to the sound of... Like every little right. thing, and you don't realize. No, like it sets the mood. I mean, it like, completely and, does. I mean, it's it's shocking. Like we we've had scenes where we change the sound, right? Like, or mute the, the scene is completely the different. Show. Yeah, yeah. And you'll exactly. See. So it's exciting to just you know go into things, and that's one of the things that I learned from this business is that you can go into anything if you go into it with enough passion, you can figure anything out. Totally, or you can find people to help you. And for those that aren't finding success what are the what are they typically not driving and kind of continuing and being persistent or are the ones that are most successful the ones that are being persistent and making the right connections and kind of figuring it out and 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 going the extra mile what are you seeing in terms of people that are either finding success or those that kind of drop out of the industry i think it's a matter of planning and just being persistent sure and just not giving up and just knowing that it's step by step by step and eventually you get there it may take three and a half years, you know, but eventually you do get there. And I, you know, I told Deb when I started this, um, and I think she was a little nervous about it, but I actually said to her, I said, look, one of two things are going to happen. I'm going to make a movie that's done, <laughs> right. but it will either be a decent movie or it'll be the worst movie ever made and I'll never show it to anybody. But <laughs> right. the point is I'm going to make a movie right. and it will be finished. It was, it was as it was simple as happen. that. Right. It may be a piece of crap when I'm done, <laughs> but it's going to be I can't wait done. to see it, by the way. <laughs> it's not a piece of crap. I can tell you that. I don't know how good it is, but it's not a piece of crap. I'm, I'm really happy with it. I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> right. very proud of um, how it turned out. Yeah. Well, and, and as we were sitting down, you were opening all of these other movies in front of us. So 
talk about this in your role with the SAG Awards. Yeah, I'm on the SAG nominating committee somehow. I don't know how how how, how I got picked for that, but um, I get <laughs> all these movies to movies. watch. And I get it's unbelievable, vote, and it's really exciting. These movies just come to my house from these like amazing movies that are in theaters now, and I get to screen them. And you know, and I will do my best to pick you know people who deserve to win a SAG Award. I think that's awesome. You know, yeah. All right, so what's next for you? You've got the company going. You've got the focus on building the brand, right on the on the Deborah Lippman side of things, and then you've got your your first film now wrapping up. So what's next on the horizon for you? Um, more of the same. You know, um, I actually got cast in a TV show this summer. What TV yeah, show? It's called. It's on. It's on the Hulu channel. It's called The Path. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, Very with cool. Aaron Paul as the lead in it from awesome. um, Breaking Bad. Yeah, and I actually got cast in it. It was. It's funny that I finished the movie, and I went on an audition and got cast. So it was <laughs> just like timing. Well, was, yeah, and and that's another thing. You know, just from doing the movie, I just got more and more confident, sure. and better as an actor. Yep. And business just does that too. You just get more and more confidence, confidence. Yeah. when you. You know, there's nothing. As fulfilling as overcoming obstacles. No question. You know, no you push question. through and there are things, you have dark days when you figure, I'm never going to get out of this mess. And then you somehow push through and you figure it out. I totally agree. Well, Jude, it has been awesome having you on the podcast. Thanks for well, jumping thank on. you. Yeah. For more information on today's topic or to access additional leadership content, tools, and resources, check out contenderbrands.com. Also, you can download other ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store and Google Play Store. And remember, every winner started as a contender.